Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. It is a remote version of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Herb, thought we were done with these until uh, October, but uh, you know, with Vinny traveling, uh, we thought we'll do podcast only today. And now uh, starting next Sunday, it will be live shows only uh for uh this this sunday it's also tough you know there's not a lot of people working on sundays herb so uh it's, it's only us putting in that uh that that grind on the sunday how you doing i'm sean anderson that's herb lawrence i'm doing well i'm very uh happy that uh it's a beautiful day here in chicago we've gone out to the suburbs and enjoying uh, like a 50 degree day in chicago on a february amazing this february has been the best i've ever seen uh, even then very- i mean thursday wasn't it snowing yeah oh uh, friday into uh, friday yeah and then it like melted all within one day because it was 40 on Saturday. This I, I is, looked out my window on, on on Friday night and it was like, oh, hey, it's snowing. Oh, whoa, it's like five inches. Uh, yeah, you got to love this weird city. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eknerall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. If you are new here, uh, please give us, a th- uh, I think it's a five-star rating um, on Spotify. I think it's also five-star on Apple as well. Um, if you do have that, a capability you, you have that want that desire uh we really would appreciate that support uh we usually don't off, uh, ask for reviews too much so you know just, just feeling a little brave on this podcast only episode to throw it out there herb uh we're talking a little bit about magic um the white Sox, white Sox baseball's back that's magical uh how was the magic lounge though really well uh it was really good in the evening uh it's right here in the ravenswood uptown Andersonville area, probably specifically Anderson, Andersonville, and just an enjoyable evening. It looks like initially when you're walking into a laundromat and then they open up the laundry doors and there's the whole magic lounge. And it's a beautiful thing. Like uh, they have a lounge in before where there's a mag- magician doing his thing. Then in the main stage, there's people doing close up magic to you. And then there's a, an actual show that goes on for about an hour plus. It's a well worth your time if you need like a little, a little date night. Perfect place to go, especially if you're early in your relationship. It's a perfect uh, icebreaker place because you can still talk, still have a conversation, but laugh and also be amazed by the magicians there. A little bit more better than a movie because I've always felt like a movie makes no sense for a date because you won't be talking. It's like, exactly. all right, hey, let's go be silent next to each other for two and a half hours. What? Yeah. Yes, much better. I've I don't think Corey and I've been to many movies in our relationship yeah i like movies but yeah it's quiet silence and sometimes i fall asleep i'm like a bird you put darkness in (laughs) my area i'm gonna go to sleep especially if the movie's uh dragging along so yeah uh, this is a much better alternative for you especially if you're early in your dating life or like us we're like three four years into our life of dating and so we enjoyed a time with uh, her friends who are my friends now brian and may it's good times i'm now picturing just you sitting on the couch upright and Courtney just walking over and being like, good night, Herb, and putting a blanket over your head. And uh, that's that's how Herb sleeps, just like a bird. I'm like, good night. I'm a bird. That's, that's me. Herb the bird. <laughs> Herb, Herb the bird. Herb, Herb, Herb uh, the bird. <laughs> uh, with uh, magic, though, we were talking about this before. Uh, you look like I, I don't like magic. I, I don't like that. I don't know what's going on. It makes no sense to me. Um, it's the dark arts. Like, I know you, you could look it up. Like, you could look up all these tricks, but it's like, you know, that's ruining the show. Um, I guess that's why I like baseball. Uh, I'm nerdy. And I guess that's why, you know, Vinny, I annoy him with all my uh, little pictures and stats and graphs and stuff. It's like when Dylan Cease is throwing a slider, I want to know how he's throwing a slider. If I go look that up about magic, I'm ruining the show. Uh, baseball, you know, 
doesn't ruin anything. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's no matter what you do and look up on the internet, you're not going to throw Dylan Cease's slider. You might be able to do that guy's magic trick if you can, you know, study, practice a little bit. No matter how fast, hard, you're going to be throwing Dylan Cease's slider. So, yeah, looking it up is the way to go because, you know, right. you're still you're still average as fuck. I think yeah, magicians are attainable. A- Making fun of your mean Mercedes because he had a ball 485 feet. Like, yeah, maybe he's not a major leaguer, but he's a hell of a lot better than I will ever be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might look like a, a round shape, uh, less less athletic. But, yeah, um, that's a great point. I mean, maybe that's that's the reason. It, it, you'd be able to quantify how much you're not able to do something like a, a professional athlete. Uh, exactly. especially, you know, uh, when it was back in, like, the 50s basketball. I mean, like, it was just a Farmer John, you know, and then there was Will Chamberlain. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, shit, uh, seven, seven foot dude that's just getting 50, getting 20 rebounds and dishing out 10 assists also at the same time. He's out here just dominating us and we're five foot 10 dude just in that old school like it's going all fast and shit. And Will Chamberlain <laughs> comes by, he's like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> he was the fastest, the tallest, <laughs> the strongest. I don't need the advanced stats to tell me why Will Chamberlain was. The and best, he was out there. He was out there doing work too. He said he slept with over ten thousand or twenty thousand women in his lifetime. The math is hard, but he's a professional athlete in the sixties and seventies, and then life in the eighties and nineties. He could do it. Hey, it would uh, take a couple a day, but you know he's Will Chamberlain. Is there a Roman ad today? There's not, uh, it's, that was the only thing that was hard in that situation, Herb. Hey, oh, well, um, I see what anyways. you did there. Uh, mercy. All right, let's talk about the White Sox baseball. It's been about six minutes, uh, so before two people tune out, we've had two spring training games. I think the other one's finished. No, the other one's not finished. Uh, we're in the top of the seventh of the one on Sunday between the Angels and the White Sox. The Sox are losing seven yeah, to nothing. Yeah. I think they'll probably lose that game, Herb. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about. And again. I don't know how you view spring training games. We talked about this probably last year um, when we were going through spring training for the first time uh, during CHGO's first birthday in a shortened spring training due to the lockout. But how do you view spring training games? How have you viewed the first two games? What are you taking away and how much can you actually take away from these two games? I don't view spring training games as something to look forward to. This guy did this in spring training, so therefore he's going to do that in the regular season. I think most of the veterans are working on things. So you see a pitcher come in like today. Jimmy Lambert came in, gave up rocket home runs. I mean, two real people, Anthony Rendon and then Hunter Renfro, but rocket home runs. Is Jimmy Lambert going to be going into this season giving up rocket home runs? Probably not. I mean, people might adjust to his second year of being a reliever, and he might get hit harder than he was last year. But I'm just thinking that Jimmy's just getting his work in today. First time he's ever pitched this uh, spring, getting his work in. If you hit a homer off of him, God bless. It doesn't mean anything. He's not going to be bad. Same thing if the White Sox have some actual success. If Oscar Colas goes off in the spring training, one thing will help him. He will go with the Major League Club probably to Houston to break camp. But him having success in the uh, spring training doesn't necessarily parlay into the regular season. So I'm just working – Telling people, like, get your work in. Whatever you need to do. If you're working on a slider, maybe it's not the best place to do it because the Arizona air is not, you know, perfect for it, but work on it. And maybe when you get out of Arizona and you just hit the ground running in Houston, you got to feel a little bit more and you get a little bit more moisture in your fingers. You can throw that a little bit more, um, more sharp. But 
I do spring I do spring training as Pedro, especially this year with Pedro Grafal, establishing fundamentals, establishing a culture, establishing what he expects out of these players, and then whatever the results of the game are, it doesn't really matter to me as long as you're just doing what you need to do to get ready for the regular season. And however they need to get ready is however the individual player need to get ready. I don't know if Pedro likes to interfere in that, but the games, like yesterday I was hyped on Saturday to watch the game, and then within two meetings I was like, ah, <laughs> spring training. <laughs> this is just right. boring. But yeah, I woke up that day. I was like, I need to see some baseball. Saw some baseball. Then I was satiated. I don't need to see any more spring training games the rest of the time, which I will. But luckily this spring training, we got World Baseball Classic games, so that's going to feed us what we need. Well, and I think there's certain things that will help us tune in, whether a certain guy is pitching, right? We want to see how Lucas is looking, if he's hitting certain milestones and, and with his fastball. If Kopech makes any starts uh, in spring training, love to see where he's at. Um, you know, I, I doubt Crochet is going to pitch um, just with the way his rehab's going, but he's in he's in spring training. Um, but, you know, even the lineup on Saturday, that lineup on Saturday is worth tuning in for. Uh, Tim and I think uh, Pedro ended up saying, what, six of seven? Our regular starters, uh, Tim, Yohan, Luis, Aloy, Andrew, Yasmani, um, and then, you know, Sheets, Reyes, and Garcia. We'll see about Sheets. Sheets blasted off. So did mm-hmm. Jake Berger. You talk about the fundamentals, though. Mm-hmm. Brian Ramos and Jake Berger both making errors in the past two games uh, for the White Sox. But, you know, Saturday's a, a, a lineup that's worth tuning in for. And, two, you see in Tim's first at-bat uh, a sharp liner out to right field. So it's like, hey, you know. Nice, nice result. Hit hard. Was just right to the right fielder. Not bad. Um, you know, you got to take at least what these guys are trying to work back into. Tim's trying to look like Tim. That's a very Tim swing right there. That's good to see. Um, Gavin Sheets pulling a ball and hitting a, a ball for a home run was a wall scraper, but hey, it gets out nonetheless. Um, and you too, you know, bringing up Jimmy Lambert. You know, it can't be used in our process or our, our negotiations about you. you know, the spring training stats get wiped clean. So if you have a bad start, oh well. And two. Jimmy Lambert got down 1-0 in those two counts and then threw fastballs or threw balls that are in the strike zone of Hunter Renfro and uh, uh, Anthony Rendon, uh, two major leaguers right there. So, again, like figuring out what's real, what's not, what is a a thing to take away. Um, You know, maybe Oscar Colas is a a great example. He goes two for three today against the Angels. I'm not sure if he's going to have another at-bat, but the first at-bat is against Reed Detmers, former top pick, first-round pick. For the Angels, threw a no-hitter, um, was up and down last year, wasn't ever great. He did throw a no-hitter, but I think a lot of people were surprised that he threw a no-hitter. Um, Reed Detmers, two innings, five Ks, one of those was Oscar Colas. But then Oscar Colas and the two at-bats that he had against righties, um, not hard line drive singles into left field, opposite field off righties, but singles nonetheless. Uh, one that got through in between the shortstop and the third baseman, and then the other one that uh, the third baseman was kind of playing off the bag a bit, went down more towards the line. The third, third baseman ended up catching it uh, or getting up to the ball into uh, you know out into the outfield, just past the uh, the dirt there, uh, but not enough to get Colos at first. So, you know, nothing to write home about. He's not slugging home runs left and right, but you see the process. You see that, hey, He's probably going to struggle against left-handers, especially MLB left-handers. Um, it was his only one chance against it, but against righties, able to look alive and you know get put the ball in play. Uh, we'll see how that tunes up. Maybe he looks a little bit more fierce. We see he looks pretty fierce against Davis Martin uh, in batting practice. So, you know, we'll see how these guys are kind of shaping up. It seems like Tim's in pretty good shape. You know. Yeah, I was wondering, like, since uh, Colas and if this continues in spring, and I just said, you know. 
count necessarily spring training at bats is the platoon him going against only right-handers and then you get a maybe a right-hander that can play right field maybe the Marisnik's of the world to be the platoon with him because the Gavin cheats thing it makes sense but it doesn't because they're both left-handers I know Gavin handles lefties a little bit better than what Sheets has done in the minors. So a platoon with those two would make sense if they, you know, hit from different sides of the plate. I just want to know, like, if he struggles, if he struggles mightily, which I think he will in his first year in the major leagues, lefties are going to eat him alive. Will there be a, like a Marisnik in there to give him days off and actually don't drop off from the defensive end actually might be improved with Marisnik? Yeah, I, I don't know if Marizic's going to get a shot. Um, and two, I mean, Gavin is hyping up his, his defensive ability. We also have to mention Aloy, too. I mean, we've been talking about him in right field. Uh, he got the shot yesterday, uh, or at least, yeah, Saturday. I uh, forgot about that. That was the thing. I guess I should have probably mentioned that in the, the lineup. Uh, Tim Anderson played shortstop, batted first. Luis Robert batted second. Luis Robert Jr. batted second and played center field. Neon Mancata batted third and played third base. And then Aloy Jimenez in right field. Um, and Colas did have two at-bats. He came in for uh, Aloy mm-hmm. um, in that Padres game as well, went 0 for 2. But, um, yeah, I, I think Colas has proven to be a pretty good defender. I think that's the one thing I'm not really worried about. Um, it's just, can the bat last? And I, I think that you'll probably see Gavin, especially in August, probably go up against the left-handed assignments. I think that makes sense. Um, they're probably going to make it the easiest for Colas, right? Just because they've seen what he can do. Um Unless Gavin goes out and rake, rakes. I mean, I don't think that home run was enough to kind of put him over the edge here. Um, again, it's only two games, but like I want to see more thunderous power from Gavin Sheets, not like high scraper. So, you know, it's still an open competition. I, I think that we'll learn more about what they're looking for, but I I, I don't think Jake Marisnik's going to beat Colas or Romy Gonzalez or Gavin Sheets out for those platoons it feels like they have leary Romy, gavin colas robert and aloy and benintendi who can cover outfield spots i feel i feel like that's enough i mentioned leary i yeah, gotta mention leary we have to <laughs> he's he's key clog to this team winning in 2023 i think they'll play the- who's hot and like you know if they have a double header great they can put gavin sheets in one head and they could put you know oscar colas in the other leg of it that's the good part about this even though we're having fewer games versus our division our division doesn't feature a bunch of left-handers. So you're good in that regard where you're just facing a bunch of right-handers all day long with the AL Central team. So um, Oscar Colas should be in that lineup more often than not. And if he is the guy that we think he could be, watch out, man. I mean, he's going to be hitting like sixth, seventh, or eighth in this lineup, maybe even ninth sometimes. If you're getting any type of production from that spot of the order from a rookie, you got to bless, you got to thank your stars right there. So, I'm looking forward to him being the player that everybody thinks he'll be, but also cautious that he might, you know, run into a wall as a rookie getting his first shot at the majors. Yeah, we'll jump into some more pitching talk, maybe infield talk as well after here. Talk about Lance Lynn seemed to be attacking hitters, uh, the Padres hitters in his first start. Very exciting to see, especially with the World Baseball Classic coming up. Uh, so, you know. Right field isn't the only place of, uh, of of interest for the White Sox. We got more on the first two spring training games on what has stuck out to Herb and I. 
Want to let you know about our good friends over at FOCO, though. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, that's F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Also, mention bobbleheads. They have a fantastic list of bobbleheads so make sure you check out foco.com foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off if you're looking to build out that collection foco is a great spot to look at what could maybe finish add on to your collection andrew Benatendi's bobblehead out there i think there's a james mccann one out there uh you know just thinking of future or former white Sox. there's a lot of white Sox one as well Luis robert uh tim anderson people you know and love but they get real Deep. I just want to give Andrew Benatendi and James McCann because those are just like the deep cuts. Dallas Keuchel gold glove bobblehead. I mean, Foco's got everything. Also got to let you know about Goose Island. Herb, Goose Island's the best beer around, no? Tis. I enjoyed some last night. There you go. Um, got some you have? fridge. I had the, the secret beer hug. Oh, a little tall boy? A little, which one? No, just green? a regular the can. I got the... Um, light blue, at dark my, blue? At my, um, it's the lighter blue. It's mm. the... The variety pack they they sell at the stores. You can get all the uh, beer beer hugs. I was at uh, Benny's. Um, I was at Benny's. I saw that that nice little pack there. Uh, mm-hmm. Saw two tall boys of the dark blue and the light blue yeah. uh, in the cooler. Very nice. And then I also saw they have the Bourbon County Stout. Um, I thought this was only like a, a winter thing, but no. And not only do they have just like the classic um, one that's Goose Island Bourbon Count. Uh, bourbon county brand stout they also have a biscotti one they have a sir isaac one that has like uh bourbon barrels with uh i think it's figs graham crackers and natural flavors the sir isaac stout sounds very nice and there's a coffee one as well they sell the nice little uh, glass to go with it as well i think it's called the sniffer so it's very nice uh, so check out uh, Binnie's as well uh they'll hook you up with all your goose island stuff uh matilda the sophie and you can check out goose island's two locations at goose island dot com slash locations oh yeah slash locations um and you can check out their tap room at 1800 west fulton or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week uh at their original clyborne brew house at 1800 north clyborne for reservations and pickup go to goose slash locations goose island beer company didn't mean to plug beanies there but i just know that they have this stuff there um i don't know what other liquor stores are there just beanies that's i it. guess there's like independent ones yeah but like the one by my house is called foremost yeah, I have a foremost by me as well, yeah. but it, it's not the same one. Maybe owned by the same people. I've been to a to a Miska's, not Dave Miska, but Miska's Liquors. Also, Love Dave Miska. Yeah, he's good, good guy. So yeah, there's a couple of like liquor stores in our area, but they all serve you up with some of that delicious Goose Island. The foremost by me, they have two people that work there. I don't, I don't know. They, they does, the 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 store doesn't give. The store's pretty uh, small. Empty? Empty, yeah. uh, vintage maybe is the right word. It seems I don't I don't think there's I think maybe it's a brand. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, just like oh. a like a like a franchise franchise of liquor stores and such. Shout out to Foremost Liquor. Uh, if we're gonna give a shout out to Benny's, why not give out shout out to the other liquor store? They probably got Goose Island as well. Uh, 
Anyways, let's get into Lance Lynn. Uh, three innings pitched on Sunday. Again, I'm not going to look too much into the Tanner Banks outing, but uh, Lance is just a little bit more interesting, uh, as well as Kendall Graveman and Jose Ruiz, who also pitched, um, just because those guys will be going to the oh, – Jose Ruiz isn't going to the World Baseball Classic. Is he? No, he is. I yeah. thought he was. Yeah, Jose I Ruiz thought... is and Nicholas Padilla is. Yeah. Yes. Um, so – those three guys, Lynn, Graveman, and Ruiz, all got work on Sunday. Uh, Lynn went three innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, four Ks. All three of those hits, though, to start off the first inning, and then he just came back and settled in. I really like the way Lance is looking. I think that he told Vinny, like, he's just kind of ready to go. Or I think he even mentioned with Daryl after the game, uh, you know, I think he said, like, oh, are you, are you in shape? Like, you, you seem to be in pretty good shape. And then he was like, what, was I out of shape last year? It's like, it's like Daryl's like, oh, like, the last person I'm trying to piss off is Lance Lynn. Um, but Lance Lynn looked pretty good and in, in, in Lance Lynn shape. And Vinny said that he looks like he's midseason. The midseason uh, FUs are still there. The, the mad at the batter for daring to take the bump or daring to take the plate versus him. It's still there. He's just pissed all the time. And the one good thing that I saw from Lance Lynn, I mean, there's a lot of good things. He was challenging hitters, did not care if the hitter got the ball, uh, you know, hard hit or not. He was in there and he was doing the job and he did not get one uh, strike or ball called against him because of the pitch clock. I hmm. thought that it would make him in particular. I know that Lucas is a little bit longer. I thought that he would be like, oh, God. You guys are introducing more extra shit for me to think about. No, Lance has got the rhythm. I think it might be an advantage for the pitcher. And I said this before, you knowing what you're going to pitch and you not giving the hitter enough time to think, okay, just doing a slider. He's usually this on one, two, blah, blah, blah. You don't have that much time. You have 15 seconds with there's no runner on. Lance is getting the ball and throwing it and doing the job. And I think it will benefit him and most pitchers in the league by just speeding them up. Sometimes pitchers are think too much, and I think that's Lucas. He's way too smart for his own good sometimes, and he's thinking about what he's going to be throwing instead of, hey, his fingers are down. I like that pitch. Let me throw it. Well, and I know one part of the drawn-outness of guys and their delivery is to build up velocity, right? You know, if you're, if you're, you're just going to have more stamina, more in the tank, just like lifting a weight, right? You want to give yourself a, a break between a rest or between a, a set or whatever. I, I don't work out. I'm not going to act like I fucking know what the terminology is. Her, um, but that sounded about right. Um, people, right. When, you, when you do work out, yeah, you like to have a nice minute break for your muscles to recover from the, the lift they just did. Um, so, but like calling it a set, I think I said a break. And I don't know if it's a set. I think it's just a rep. I'm not sure. <laughs> that, that that was that was the part I felt a little bit off on. Um, but I, I do think that... Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the perfect thing. I mean, we we went 23 minutes without talking about the pitch clock. It's, it's not noticeable. I, I know that it's probably noticeable when the first thing you see is the John Boy clip and that certain stadium has the pitch clock literally right behind the plate. Um, it's going to be like the NBA with a shot clock. But also when you're watching the White Sox game on Saturday, the pitch clock's in center field. You don't see it. I didn't notice the pitch clock. You know, like there, there's obviously been certain instances where I think it was bases loaded, bottom of the ninth in some game, and uh, there was an automatic uh, ball called or strike called on the the batter, and the, you know the the threat ended. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's going to happen, right? But it's it's probably not going to happen in the most important moment. I think it's a teaching moment. It's spring training. This doesn't matter. I know it matters for some guys to make certain teams or, you know, AAA to AA, whatever. Like, obviously, Gavin Sheets and Oscar Colas, every at-bat might matter to them. Um, I don't want to minimize that. But for the fan, this is fantastic. And the two games that were finished on Saturday, the first two games were like 230, under 240 each. Give me that all day, every day. Yeah, and I watch most of that game. Yes, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'm a White Sox fan. So, yes, even when the starters went out, I was still in tune to that game. So I saw the end of it. And, yeah, as a person that used to run the board for Cubs baseball and White Sox baseball, thank Jesus. This is much better. The You see the numbers, too. Don't change that that dramatically from they were showing in the broadcast with Jason and uh, Steve, kind of like the speed of the game quickened by 30 minutes but the run scoring atmosphere was the same the you know everything mostly that the game is affected by didn't really change because of the speeding up of the game except for the clock and that's good you can get all the action you need to in two minutes two hours and 30 minutes man perfect you get home get on the road go to sleep have a nice evening and don't have to wait until you know, three hours, 50 minutes for a nine inning game that's just dragging ass just because the pitchers are milling around, just because the hitters are milling around. I like this progressive way of doing baseball. As I said, with all the time, there's going to be people who complain about it because like traditional baseball, blah, blah, blah. There's no clocks. That's why we love baseball, blah, blah, blah. But you're in, sir and ma'am. You're not going a damn place. They're not trying to sell this to you, even though this is better for you, too. They're trying to sell it to the people who are not watching the kids with the short attention span, with the three-second attention span, they were watching their TikToks right now. If they're just seeing, okay, he got the ball, and now he's just walking around the mound, or the guy's just adjusting his batting gloves, and the next pitch is coming a minute after was pitched before, that's boring. And well, baseball and is right. a boring sport. Now you have action. Quick, let's go. Let's go immediately. And that's what everybody wants. I think even the purest baseball fan – Probably didn't like it initially. Like, I didn't like the extra rating thing initially. Then when I saw it in play, I was like, this shit is right. This is what we should have been doing a long time ago. And I'm glad this is one thumbs up for Rob Manfred. He has a lot of thumbs down, but he did this right. And even to your point, too, about kids and attention span and, like, waiting that minute. Like, when you're waiting that minute, what you're listening to is probably some horrible broadcaster we are very, 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 very lucky to have Steve and Jason. We were very worried that we might not have Steve and Jason, right? Um, but you might be listening to, I don't want to bash anybody, but like you might be listening to somebody else and they might be, you know, just worse, right? It might it just, the quality of broadcaster in Chicago, very, very high mm-hmm. in every single sport. Uh, the teams aren't that good. The broadcasters are pretty good though. They so, gotta be, gotta you know, be entertaining. Right. And if you're not entertaining in baseball, that could kill the game completely just because of exactly what you're saying. Pitchers milling around, taking their time, stalking around the mound. No, you're, you're, you're nailing it on the head. And like, this is giving it a pace. And what people like about basketball is that there is a pace and you can play it at a quick pace. You can play it at a slow pace. The pacing in the NBA has gotten quicker. More people have watched it. The popularity has grown, you know, ever since even the MJ era. Um, And maybe that's just because of cable and whatever. And I like um, also, Sean, that they, with the 15-second pitch clock when there's no runners on, the batter has to address and be ready for the pitcher to throw a pitch at eight seconds left in the clock. Or else, like the guy in, uh, in that tie game, you're going to get a strike called against you. I like 
that fact. And I like it. It's taken out of the umpire's hands. There's somebody else outside watching those clocks independent of the umpire. So it's not on the umpire to make these determinations of I'm looking at the pitch clock. I'm looking at the pitch clock and then saying, no, somebody's buzzing him and saying, yep, that didn't get done in time. It's the pitcher's fault. It didn't get done in time. It's the hitter's fault. So you assess a ball or strike that way. I guarantee we will do a show, one show Mm. about a pitch clock violation and we will probably be mad at it. But also I think that, and it will go against the White Sox, but it also, these rules have been established. The White Sox should acquiesce to them. This is what spring training is about this year. Acquiescing to the new rules, making sure that you're ready to go. And I hope Lucas can adjust to the new rules and still keep up his velocity. Because I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, when you need a little rep, a little rest in between your reps before you're going to ramp it up for 96 again. So yeah, I understand that uh, the, what the the rest you need. But I think also his pitches play when he is a healthy guy. And when he's at his top of his uh, game and the fact that he doesn't have his premium stuff sometimes, and it's not 96, I think he'll be fine if he can learn how to nibble around the quarters and such like that. And I think that you're not going to be thinking or the going to have the pitcher or hitter thinking, Hey, what is he throwing here? There's no time to think, get back in the box. I got to know that he pitches fastball slider, change up and ch- uh, curveball occasionally. What's he going to throw? I don't know. It's too quick. Let's go. You know, I think that's advantage pitcher. Yeah, and it'll be exciting to watch him pitch. Like, I, it will be fascinating to see how he adjusts and you know what his first outing will be like. Again, we've only seen Tanner Banks and Lance Lynn basically, basically yeah. so far, and both got a attack in the first innings of their uh, outings too. So it's good, you know, throw strikes, and that's another thing in spring training. I don't want you to walk anybody. Throw the pitch on the plate. Right. If you're working on something, work on those on you know when it's not three balls. Throw that shit right down the middle on three and oh, three one, three two. Let it get hit. No one cares about your uh, what you're working on in three one. And also, too, with uh, Geo, um, back in 2019 when the bases were empty, he was working around 18.8. So maybe he's when he's just feeling a little bit more confident, he's working, you know, a little bit quicker. Um, his timer equivalent is was 12.8. Um, and then with runners on, um, it was 18.8. So you know, that would be all right in the pitch clock era. So I do wonder if maybe he was just a little less confident and like you said, healthy last year, then that led to the longer kind of buildup. And so. maybe this, you know, creates a pitcher that is better. Maybe, yeah. you know, you know, pressure burst pipes or creates diamonds. Maybe it creates a diamond when Lucas Giolito is like, oh my God, I've been doing this all my life. And now I should have been doing this. This is much better for me. And especially if he's not going to be throwing that high premium stuff. And I know we've discussed that no one's Mark Burley, but Mark Burley dominated by location and time. Yeah. Got the ball through it. Got the ball through it. Well, and two with that, I, I also want to, I saw something that was a little bit too dramatic. I think Codify was like, oh, look, look at even Mark Burley in his perfect game going as fast as he did. Um, I think Mark Burley's like average time on fan graphs was like 16.6. I've counted like Burley's seconds in his time uh, and it's just my own timing. So I could be off, but like, I, I'm pretty sure he was just like five seconds in the the perfect game. So like what he was doing was like extra super speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that even, even that perfect game is a bad example of Mark Burley. Cause that guy was just, he knew that inning, especially boom, 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 boom. The, the second your foot was in the box, he was going. And it yeah. was just like, he, he, he wasn't, 
especially in that perfect game, he was dictating that so quickly. And I don't know if that's just because I don't, I think that was just, it, he's so unique. I don't want to compare Mark Burley to the pitch clock or anything like that. I wonder what he would do in the pitch clock era because now the batters can't, you know, in that game, you had people step out of the box just to break up Burley's rhythm, things like that. Now you can't really do that in the new era. Mark Burley would be throwing like our games in this new yeah. era. <laughs> like They can't get out of the box. Cool. I'm just going to throw the ball. Like, yeah, he just got the ball, stood on top of the mound, wait till the guy got in the box, addressed him. And he's throwing like, sorry, if you're getting well, yeah. those extra little uh, practice swings in balls coming, get ready. I don't, I don't know if it would affect Mark too much. It would just affect everybody else. So it'd just be, you oh, getting yeah. more, get more Chris sale and Mark Burley games where it's like under two hours. <laughs> and everybody loves that. Like you're getting action. Even if the action is zero, zero game into the ninth. I like right. that because it's moving and the guys are executing their pitch, their pitches. I hate a zero, zero game. That's, just going for three hours how what why is it going for three hours what are you doing either striking (laughs) them out you're getting a lot of runners on you're not executing your plan just the other teams is failing on offense i like it when guys are just dominating so much that the hitters can't do anything about it you know sometimes when you're on the on the watching a game and you got a guy who's just out there like dylan cease on certain nights you're just like it's gonna be a long night and he's gonna look at his teammates like hey man give me one give me one tonight Cause it's on. They ain't hit my shit like Kerry Wood. And I hate to bring it up. The twenty strikeout game, probably the greatest game I've ever seen pitched. I didn't. Well, I wasn't there, but I watched it when I was at COD. That man, he's like the ball started like at Derek Bell and landed into the left-handed uh, batter's box. Like his slider was so filthy back in the day. And that game in particular, he's like, "Give me a run, and don't make an error, Kevin Ory, or else it'll just be a perfect game." You jerk. Right. Well, and two, that game was, I mean, who was, who was pitching against him? Because he was, like, dealing as well, right? Probably Andy Ashby or Alan Ashby. One of them, I don't know. Mike Shane Scott. Reynolds. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an old uh, Astro. Yeah, Shane, Shane Reynolds, Reynolds. Eight innings pitched, eight hits, uh, two walks, 10 Ks. Boo, so, man. Dealing know? on a March on a March day. 30 on Ks. Day. 30 Ks in the game right there. <laughs> um, but just even, too, looking at, I mean, again, it's a small sample size with the two games. Um, you look at the White Sox uh, hit line. Um, let me make sure. So 30 at-bats, um, four hits, three walks, two strikeouts, two home runs uh, from Sheets and Berger. Uh, and then you look today, 28 at-bats, five hits, three walks, 15 Ks. So, I mean, the Ks haven't really disappeared i mean it is spring training uh billy hamilton adam hazley hanser alberto jake marisnik uh, brian ramos victor reyes like it's a bad lineup today maybe that's why there's 15 k's um but i don't know if the pitch k is going to be drastically cutting these strikeouts as well because this the stuff that guys are going up against it's not mark burley stuff like you're going with a great speed with you know 3000 rpms like so this is going to be a very interesting way to play out, but I'm I'm very very excited for for pitch clock baseball. Sign me up. Me too. I I don't know it took so long, but I'm glad that they acquiesced under introduced it to the minor leagues and they saw the improvement in the game and the speed. Even old veterans that were apprehensive initially watched a couple of minor league games last year and like, yes, that's what we're all about. And when it happens in the major leagues or when the regular season goes and those games go by fast and we still get the same action but it's more condensed i think everybody's going to be in board on board with this and there's not going to be a complaint to be had and i think it like i said white Sox. i think are the stronger 
starting rotation than most, I think it's going to benefit them. Yeah, and hey, if you want to see uh, pitch clockless baseball, World Baseball Classic is the last time for you to get that. There's no uh, pitch clock in the World Baseball Classic. So um, you'll, you'll see Lance Lynn either be working with kind of his new pace or you'll be seeing him work with an, over, uh, an older, slower pace. So it'll be uh, fascinating to see, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll kind of be able to judge the time of those games compared to uh, what we'll be getting in the major leagues. They're all under three hours. I think you'll be happier. I'll be happier. Vinny will be happier. Like, sign me up. Let's go. It's just yeah. because baseball's funner when it's faster. Yeah, no one wants to be at the ballpark at 11 o'clock, no matter what. Like, get a, get a result. I got to go to work tomorrow. Come on now. And you start getting worried, like, especially when I was taking the the Metro in and out. I think even Mailman Jack said was like, oh, now I don't have to, like, leave the game in the seventh inning because, like, the next train is going to be at, like, midnight. Like, sometimes people just get screwed because of the the public transportation. So, I mean, you know, we hey. see that all the time with the Washington Nationals, where the city of the uh, District of Columbia, their public transportation shuts off at a certain amount of time and doesn't pick back up, no matter if it's a big game or not. People are just stranded. You know, a lot of people live in the in the counties and then Prince and Prince George's County or whatever that Prince Williams County and out in the suburbs. So, yeah, they got to leave in the seventh inning instead of watching the whole goddamn game. That is very exciting at this time. So it'll be beneficial for everybody i'm trying to think about and somebody brought this up vendors will it be beneficial for them because you know the oh, old rule seventh inning you cut you cut it off are they going to do it earlier because of the quickness of the game are you going to be last calling at the sixth inning now because of you know if you're saying last call at seventh inning and that's like an hour till the ninth inning it's like what how much time are you really giving these people to drive home safely not be drunk so uh, that might be changing, you know, hmm. depending on, you know, what certain uh, demographics are feeling. But I hope it all stays the same. You should just be selling beer all the time. Yeah. Idiots are idiots. And they're going to get they're going to find a way to get drunk and drive home anyways. So, yeah, we don't want the whole day on time. <laughs> I don't know if we want to advocate. They're not advocating. I do. Um, sell more wait, Goose, you... Goose Island. And I know they don't sell it at a guaranteed rate like they used to, but. Sell more Goose Island at the ballpark so we can drink it until the ninth inning. I agree. Um, but yeah, don't be idiots, people. Um, but I mean, they used to have like an hour ball game back in the 60s, and then people used to drive home. I mean, all the time know, and not wear know. a seatbelt. Yeah, right. You None know, of that so stuff. Open just, container in the in the car. We've come a long way as a as a race. Not as a race, as a human human race. race. Yeah, like we were just not <laughs> doing any things that we used to do because we learned that that was dumb. You know, wearing seatbelts saves lives. Not drinking while driving saves lives. Hmm, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, just make sure that when you are driving, folks, that you aren't drinking. Um, you Literally especially simultaneously, because that'll definitely get you more in trouble than just the even you know drinking and then driving like a half hour later. Yeah, literally be drinking. Tell my sister like it's illegal to have an open container in your car. Like you'll <laughs> go to jail. My little I get sister. worried even if someone has like a, a bottle of wine they don't finish. It's like oh that's empty. It's technically open. Oh, I put those in the trunk. Yeah. If, in, if I have like, if I have a six pack that doesn't have the complete six pack on the rings, I'll put those in the trunk on my way from wherever I'm at and where I'm, wherever I'm going. I don't even know if that's a rule or a law. I'm not taking any chances. Cop pulls me over and sees three beers and there's like, where are the other three? Like we drank them back at the house I was at. I don't even want to take a chance, but yeah, to tell her like these kids don't know the rules, man, we used to drive didn't have the like we didn't think about driving with any alcohol in our body not not one drop 
And that's how scared we are. And now these kids are like, I'm gonna have alcohol in the car. I'm like, Kenise, you're gonna get you're gonna get pinched. And I ain't I ain't bailing nobody out. Especially <laughs> not no drunk driving or a DUI or DWI. Yeah. Hey, We're done with just... DWIs now. Thankfully, I was going to try to get that in there as well. Anyways, let's tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, if, if you're not drinking, might not be gambling, folks. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of CHGO and All City. Uh, and what I've been taking advantage of since the NBA has been back since uh, Thursday is the NBA No Sweat Same Game Parlays. Um, if you place a NBA Same Game Parlay with at least three legs and I think minimum odds around 200, uh, minus mm-hmm. 200, you get a bonus bet back up to $10 if your same game parlay loses. So I rolled with one in the Mavericks and Lakers game right now. Not looking too hot. Uh, looked like I was. I took the over. Should have took the under. Oh, well, it happens. But I will get my bet refunded back with a, uh, a bonus credit up to $10 because uh, I placed a $10 same game parlay. So it is a fun way to enjoy the NBA, and it's a way to take the sweat off, take the pressure off of betting. So – um, two, if you also download the app and sign up with code C- uh, CHGO, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Anything else that you're taking away, Herb? Uh, have you noticed the shift? I-, I haven't really noticed it too much. No, I haven't. But um, the hit that Oscar Colas had today um, versus the Angels, who, by the way, Randy Mandazzo doing the games now for the Angels. Hey. I was watching a little bit of that. Well, that was on because that was the only way you can watch or listen to White Sox baseball is either the Angels broadcast. And in a regular left-handed person's shift, that ball probably gets caught, thrown to first, and he's out. But bleeding, they go through now. So I thought there was somebody that pointed out that, uh, uh, I think it was Jason Benetti, that the points went up for left-handers by like 0.8% or 0.8, like on the batting average. So or 0.08. So it's at least something. It's a little better than what happened last year. And so, yeah, the hits will be a little bit more plenty for left-handers without the shift. But you can still have that shortstop, like, right at the underside of second base if you want to. And you can just run over. Yeah, And there's, I mean, no, and there's no, like, rule against an outfielder being in the grass and then shifting the center fielder over to right field. You can do that if you want to. Well, I think this will bring some more creativity out of some managers and say, this guy's a Deadpool hitter. We want all of our guys over to the right side of the infield. Yes, we can only have two infielders there, but our shortstop's going to play pretty much right up the middle. Our second baseman's going to be playing uh, a little closer to that, to the line. And then we're going to have a right fielder that's going to be, you know, mid at right field, uh, shallow right field, and then just have a center fielder play shaded towards right center, maybe a little closer. So, I think it's creativity from managers is going to be uh, brought out by the lack of shift or the banning of the shift. I think uh, eventually you'll have some of the, the more advanced teams with analytics testing some of these things out. And I, I can't wait to see them because it's different baseball. If I haven't seen, maybe this is going to be better for um, just strategy where you get the advantage from the managers from different places where you can just do little different things. And if you utilize them better, you get a win. You get something that's better than just a regular average uh, manager. Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly why they brought Mike Tozar in, but it, it makes sense why they brought in a field coordinator just because this is a different wrinkle and maybe they do want to be a little bit specific and more crafty. But also, too, like I don't understand why 
they couldn't just still play the an infielder shift. I mean, you just have to have two guys on the same side of the bag. So, I mean, if you wanted to have a lefty shift to cover the line for for an opposite pull hitter, I, I don't see why you didn't. I mean, they just the Angels were in a bad defensive positioning. I feel like you know, just shift your shortstop over more because it's likely that he probably won't just line it straight back up the middle at the shortstop. So I don't know. I mean, you know, he just he just has to be on the dirt and on you know two infielders on each side. So you can configure mm-hmm. him however you want to. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I mean, I've seen Beefloaf's drawings of, of his outfields and and all the the shifts that he wants to see. I don't know if we're going to see any extreme shifts like that, but we're definitely going to see outfield shifts. I mean, there's no reason not to. I mean, you know, Anthony Rizzo is going to be hitting fly balls to right field. Yes, Put more uh, guys yeah. on that side it makes more sense. It makes much more sense. So yeah, I I would I would look forward to that when these uh, actual good analytically based managers get into that, and all the older folks who are liking regular baseball and normal baseball get mad. Like your team's winning because of it. And yes, I know a pitcher is going to be mad every once in a while when a ball gets hit where a normal hitter was going to be. But check the stats. This is much better for us than it is bad for us. So. I'm I'm sure baseball teams are not going to sit in their hands and just like, well, no more shifts. We're just going to play straight up the middle. Three outfielders, four infielders, all in their regular spots. What I don't understand, too, is like, I mean, let's just take Anthony Rizzo, put him at guarantee rate field. Say he's going up against a right-handed thrower. So, you know, put Jimmy Lambert or whoever you want on the mound. Why don't you just have Ben Attendee play center field, shift him towards right, have Colas play a normal right field, and you can even have, you know, Ben Attendee play more like right center. Mm-hmm. And then Luis Robert can just have the left side, you know, and he could just play like a center field in the way that, you know, he just has to cover the most ground. Like, I don't know, maybe we'll see the definition of outfielders in those positions change place as well. Like maybe center field just means the guy with the most range. And I would, but I would only worry about, you know, the pitcher in that regard. Because of now you're telling that hitter, Anthony Rizzo, hey, we're going to pretty much jam you. We're going to get into that kitchen. We're not going to let you uh, go to the outside of the pitch. And if it is outside, it's going to be something off speed or something like that. So it's going to give tells to the hitter. And I think that he can, uh, you know, take and go the other way. But yes, Anthony Rizzo's not going to be usually hitting balls in the air to left field unless it's a mistake. You know, if he was late on something and things like that. So I don't think he will be purposely doing that. But maybe eventually he's like, OK, they're giving me that full left field. Let me take it. But would you also so they got to be in the dirt on the left side, too. So would you just have both Johan Mankata and uh, Tim Anderson, like on the back of the dirt, just covering left field just in case you, you know, could. for those bloopers and shit like that? Just so have he's not like going to bunt planted. He's definitely not going to. Maybe he does, though. I mean, his wrench. Good. Yeah, but, you know, it's a lot of things out here. I, I like it. It brings creativity to the game. I'm going to be looking forward to watching other games. You know me, I told you last year, like the only games I usually like to watch are White Sox games. And if it's not White Sox versus some other team, I get bored. But now with the pace being a little quicker, I'll be in and maybe some innovation by these um, by these uh, managers. I'm in for watching more baseball games and the game growing and being more exciting. We're just talking about the possibilities right now, and I'm just getting hyped up about it. Yeah, and I hope they're that they're talking about it. I'm sure that major, major league baseball players and major league managers are talking about like how can we exploit the new rules to better our situation. If they're not, they're losing. 
you tell me that's not Pedro Grafal's like dinner with with all these ma- managers and coaches. Oh I mean, this guy's yeah. super serious and it's just baseball all the time, man. He's probably thinking about it all the time. Dreaming about it. Talking to these players like, <laughs> how do we implement this? How do we do this bite size in for these players to for them to believe in it? But I hope they hold on to it until the regular season. Don't show their show cards. Do it in practice. But when Houston game starts, they do it because Houston has a bunch of left-handed hitters, a bunch of power left-handed hitters. So employ there. And that right field is so short, you can have your right fielder in closer than regular right fields and, you know, employ a quasi shift on those guys. Well, and those Crawford boxes and left field are just disgusting. I mean, just just, just a joke. So hopefully we just see Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, guys with power, uh, I don't know, pull it at the Crawford boxes. If the White Sox do that on the first day, I'll flip out. I do want to circle back, though. You said the White Sox would lose on – will we do a show about the pitch clock mm-hmm. or a strike violation? Mm-hmm. Will it be a White Sox batter making that decision or uh, that mistake or a White Sox pitcher? Who's going to be I – I want to kind of clarify that prediction a little bit. I mean, you see so many times the White Sox, and it's just – you know, them getting used to the rules. It won't necessarily be their fault, but the rule would be established. I think it will be more of a hitter because they're not used to it. We've seen it time and time again already with uh, spring training where they're not used to whatever they're calling addressing the pitcher by eight seconds. And so I think early in the year, you'll see like a Yoan kind of step out of the box, put a, mm. put a leg out. And then, you know, you wouldn't be ready for the eight seconds when you're ready to go. Uh, Tim really usually has a pretty compact, quick mm-hmm. uh, address at the plate, so he won't be one of the people. But those people who take a long time, readjust their pa- batting gloves, uh, step out of the box, think of what the guy's doing. I can see Yasmati Grandal doing that right now in my head, and he's also a guy that thinks he knows the strike zone, and he probably thinks he would know this rule more than anybody, and he's just getting pissed with some umpire and White Sox lose the game. I was thinking it was going to be a veteran. I was thinking it was going to be somebody who, you know, is probably used to their own way. And I was like, all right, who's the crankiest old man on this team? Oh, it's the guy who works out seven days a week. Um, yeah, definitely. Yes, Monty Grandall. Uh, that was who I went to. So glad we're on the same page there. Uh, so we'll see if Yasmani Grandall has a strike. Uh, <laughs> in her, what is it? Violation? Uh, a yeah. strike violation uh, if our prediction comes true here. Uh, yeah, I like, I like the Grandall and the Moncada call. I, I, think, I think Tim will probably be on it. But, I mean, we've seen him get heated with umps. Oh, all the time. Just stay away from him. You know, if you get heated with him, stay like three, four feet away from him. Or do the COVID thing. Stay six feet away from him. <laughs> you know, the thing is, he just keeps on bumping ups and getting three-game suspensions. And it hurts every time for the White Sox. It hurt for the White Sox at the opening day last year, not having Timmy in that line for the first couple of games. And it hurt again when he did it again. So, yeah, need Timmy on the field no matter what. Injuries, no. Bumping into umpires, no. None of that stuff, so. Timmy is the key to the White Sox winning. And I think I said many players are, but we've always come back. It's Tim. It's Tim. That's it. You've, and you're, you're, did you see what I sent you yesterday? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Chris Young's stealing folks, it. Chris, Chris Young on the MLB network pretty much, not verbatim, but he used what Sean used on Thursday to uh, illustrate that, that Tim Anderson's growing and his injury there caused him to lose power and didn't have the same 
drive that he had. And the the clip, if you you if you see it on YouTube, we did a show on Thursday. Sean had it at the end of the show, and then Chris Young, I saw it either Friday or Saturday, had a clip that was similar to Sean's talking about the growing the next day. So. Welcome, Chris Young. We appreciate you. CHGO White Sucks. I'm fucking with you. I know he's not watching, but well, it was very, it was very weird. Well, let's give credit the next to, day. Let's give credit to James Vegan, who also talked to Tim Anderson about his groin injury. I think, I think if anything, you probably just read James Vegan's article. Yeah, but um, you broke down was, the numbers, and the numbers that he broke down were similar too. Well, it's I mean, just the injury date. Yeah, but like hmm. he had a start. Hey. I, or great the top, minds think alike. The, the topic, uh, I definitely, he's definitely, you know, I, I could see why the the topic came up. Maybe I have to go look at all the stats he used, though. Maybe, maybe. Or your moonlighting as an MLB network producer. No, um, okay. I'd be a lot richer, I think, if I was that. Um, just because then I would have a second job. <laughs> hell, you had, hell, you had the same thing. You had the same thing as that guy or girl. Right. So you, you're you qualified to go up there. No, no, I'm 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 perfectly happy here at All City because I get to talk about my White Sox. Uh, let's let's do that. Let's talk CHGO White Sox. And hey, um, our favorite player to talk about is obviously Andrew Vaughn, and our guy Vinny Duber, who is one of our favorite people to talk to, will be back tomorrow. He is back from Australia. This man keeps going everywhere. Um, he's like a, a deadbeat father, um, just you know, <laughs> consistently leaving. Um, but anyways, Vinny um, was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> Wherever he led his hat is his home. He probably he like probably that, loved right? that song, but yeah. not about him. Um, but Vinny will be back. Our our, our beloved, very caring father. Uh, he's just trying trying to put uh, food on the table uh, for for us yes. out in Arizona. And um, in this regard, we're his kids. Yes. Okay, because um, he has no real kids in his no. life yet. Yet. Um, but anyways, uh, tomorrow's a mailbag to Monday. If you have any questions that you need to ask us, reach out to us in the Discord. Uh, I'll probably also solicit those questions in the Discord. If you want to become a diehard and join our CHGO Lounge, you get a free shirt when you sign up. And hey, if you are a diehard and signed up back on March 4th when we launched CHGO, um, we're about to renew um, the yearly membership. You do get another T-shirt when you do sign up. So if you are you know, looking to stay a diehard, um, you do get another t-shirt when you sign up. So we want to reward you when you do support us. We love the support. We're trying to grow CHGO. You know, Herb and I came from a, a very large and, uh, you know, uh, old, not old, what's a legacy, legacy, legacy yeah. media uh, mm-hmm. in, in radio, right? Uh, you know, when we were there, it was already a thing, uh, 25 years, 30 years. Uh, Herb was there for, you know, a little bit more when it was, it was building. Uh, but still, uh, this is very young. We're still trying to grow this. Um, and if you do want to support us or you want to continue the support, we would love that. And we do want to also give you something for that support. So you do get a free shirt. And obviously, you get to chat with us in the CHGO Lounge. People are talking about the White Sox spring training there as well right now. So join and talk with other fellow diehards in our CHGO Lounge. Um, yeah, very like uh, to give credit to the people in our Discord, very smart baseball fans in our Discord. Like I learned so much from, you know, Alex Root, of course, um, JJ, who's usually in our discord and he's in our um, shows. You know, there's everybody who's your daddy's in there. Uh, Melissa Sage, uh, Bolenbach, like just really smart baseball knowledge you get from a discord and a good, really good conversation. Ian Robo from Australia, Australia or England? England. OK, so, yeah, like smart baseball people in there. And then you get to talk to all the rest of the people. So. You like basketball? There's smart people in the Discord there. Um, hockey. Sports betting. Sports betting. You know, Sean, I mean, they go wild in the sports betting thing. I had to mute it because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not into sports betting that much. 
Like I got into it a little bit, but you know, you guys are out there, man. We're, we're betting this baseball game. I was like, what? The college baseball? Word? We're doing college baseball? Sean is profitable. obsessed with college baseball. It's profitable. Hey, I'm, I'm back. Baseball's back, baby. We can't hate me. Baseball's back. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, but Vinny's back, and he talked with uh, Andrew Bond. So we'll bring you that interview. Make sure you bring uh, your mailbag, uh, mailbag Monday questions tomorrow, and uh, we'll probably have more spring training updates for you as well. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Akramal23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for the live CHGO White Sox podcast. Talk to you then, and have a great day or something. Go White Sox.